Today on episode number 36 of Life After Sight Loss Radio, I'm joined by my beautiful wife as we discuss adjustments that sighted supporters have to make after sight loss. everyone and welcome to Life After Sight Loss Radio, the podcast helping you discover life after sight loss. My name is Derek Daniel. I am your host and resident VIP, aka visually impaired person. Hey, if you're new to the program, welcome aboard. This is the place where we do product reviews, life advice, encouragement, how-tos, and so much more, all with the express purpose of helping individuals and families who are going through or facing physical sight loss. Hey there, guys. Thank you for joining me this week. Oh, it's going to be a good episode. This time, I'm joined again by my lovely wife, April. And we're talking about sighted supporters and the adjustments that they have to make. And today we're talking about some of the smaller adjustments, all in the hopes to show that our lives change dramatically after sight loss, sometimes in big ways and sometimes in small ways as well. I've got a great conversation with her coming up, but before we do that, just want to remind you that you can find the show notes to today's episode, which includes links, information, conversation, and more. You can find that at lifeaftersightloss.com slash 036. That's lifeaftersightloss.com slash 036. So without further ado, let's jump into it. My conversation with my wonderful wife as we talk about adjustments for the sighted supporter. Coming back this week for some more punishment, it is my beautiful wife joining me on another episode. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm great. All right. We're going to have a good time this week. We're talking about adjustments that sighted supporters have to make. I know the last couple of episodes we've been on, we've talked about different things and different aspects of, uh, you know, being a sighted supporter. And I think a lot of times we talk about these big changes, you know, these huge emotional changes, but there's actually kind of just change in everyday life, you know, your daily life. And so today we wanted to take time just to talk about a few of those things and kind of go through a list here. Uh, just to kind of show that there's change in every part of your life. So as we go through this, Andy, you can kind of give your perspective on what the change is like for you, and uh, I'll give my perspective as well. Does that sound all right? You got it. All right. So the first one is sitting somewhere else opposite of your VIP. Now, this one's kind of weird because it's this idea that you have, like if you're in a restaurant, you've got to sit somewhere where you might have to be facing the sun because a lot of times if you're sighted supporter, or excuse me, if you're a visually impaired person, you definitely don't want to face the sun and that ends up being a lot of what happens to the sighted supporter. So have you, have you had to sit somewhere that was rather uncomfortable? I feel like I do that quite often, actually. (laughs) I enjoy sitting in the sun when we're in a restaurant, especially. I think this is the main place, you know, we find Mm -hmm. that we sit somewhere different. And I enjoy sitting in the sun because I like the warmth from the sun. Um, Even during the summertime, I feel like the air conditioning is so high that I like being in the sunlight to stay a little warm because it's cooler in the restaurants. So I will find a sunny area, but then I always kind of judge which direction the sun is coming from. And I sit on the side that the sun is pointing into my face so that Derek can sit on the other side so it's pointing to his back. So I get my warmth, but I have to have the sun in my face. But he's okay with sitting in the sun because he's not facing it anymore. 
Yeah, well, and I think that what it really shows is you don't really get a choice. Like, you have to sit wherever I'm not sitting, if that makes sense. Yes, but at the same point, I mean, we could pick a place in the restaurant that there's no sun, you know, bearing down on us at all. But because my preference is to sit in the sunlight with the warmth, then, yes, I have to choose the sun in my face. Right. So if you're going to choose, you know, either you're going to choose someplace with no sun, which, again, kind of restricts you. Or you're going to have to sit in whatever's left because, you know, whatever's not facing or facing the sun in your case. Right. So it's kind of it comes down to that. Well, you're limited on choice and this is what you sort of get stuck with. And I think (laughs) that kind of seems like a theme at times. Like, well, this is what's left. So you get to have it. (laughs) Um, So so that's the first thing. Sitting somewhere else uh, that, you know, maybe you don't get a choice about it. I think the other thing is, you know, if we're in a waiting room, like in a doctor's office waiting room, I always have to, I try to always sit where I can see the door so that I can judge. I don't know if this really makes a whole lot of sense, but I can see, you know, people coming in and out the door to know if we're next or if, um, you know, just things like that. That's kind of a crummy example, really, but (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's just like a waiting room in the, you know, service lounge at the car place, which, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just waiting to see that familiar face that I know so that I can see if we're next or if I'm going to get some bad news or something that nature, because (laughs) you can't see those people's faces to be like, oh, I'm going to try to soften this blow a little. (laughs) No, it's all me. Well, and that's the thing, like the places you sit, whether it's in a restaurant or a doctor's office or something like that, you clearly have thought about the reason why you sit there, Yes, you know, and there is a reason you don't just go and pick a seat and sit down and, you know, whatever. There's a reason why you're sitting certain places. And so whether it's because of whatever's left over because of the sun or because you're looking for something, there is a specific reason of why you sit there. So definitely that kind of little small, but I think significant uh, thing does tend to change when you're a sighted supporter. The next small thing that uh, we have found that always tends to happen is that you have to push the shopping cart. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I have to, my site sort of runs out right at the end of the shopping cart. And I, I don't know, it may go a little farther, but it's, it seems like right at the edge and, and pushing it, it feels very dangerous because it's like, I'm going to ram somebody or something very quickly. And so you always end up pushing the shopping cart. Our kids yes. do as as well uh, from time to time, but they still need a little guidance just like I would. So Because they end up running into the back of me as well. <laughs> so I have a much better excuse than they do. But yeah, you end up pushing the shopping cart. I do. And, and so when it comes and, to, you know, things like that, that's just, you know, it, you default to you know pushing the shopping cart. And if I'm not pushing it, like just say that you are the one actually pushing it, I have a hand on the front of it to guide where it goes so that, you know, I can try to stop it before it runs into something or or a person or guide it around you know those stupid things that are in the middle of the aisles and the grocery store and you're like why do you choose to put this display here when you could put it over there with the other ones so that people just run into them that's why they put it there that that increases their sales that sounds like a personal problem (laughs) anyway yes so if i'm not pushing it which i um wear a fitbit And I enjoy getting my steps in. So when I'm at the grocery store and I have my hand on the handle for the grocery or the shopping cart, 
I don't get my steps because count. my hand is resting. It's not actually moving. Even though my legs are moving, it doesn't count my steps. I know. It's ridiculous. It's like none of those steps even counted. <laughs> like, <laughs> And that's kind of a stupid little thing, but it, it matters to me. It's like, I want to hit my goal and I am walking around the store. So I tend to, you know, if Derek's with me, then sometimes I'll get him to push the cart and I'll guide the front and keep my hand down that has the Fitbit on so I can get my steps in. <laughs> Well, and I think it's just another little small thing. I don't think, tell me this. Do you go into the store and get a cart and start pushing thinking, oh, I got to push this cart because he can't? Is that? No. No. Not at all. That's the thing. It's a natural change and just becomes this progression of like, this is what you do. Yeah. And I think that's one theme you'll see here is, you know, when you have these adjustments at first, it's definitely like, okay, what do I need to do? And you ask questions, you figure it out. But then you just sort of do it. And that's what you do. You yes. Know? It's um, just that, like you said, natural, you falling, falling into place. Absolutely. Like if I'm pushing the cart, I bet you naturally just grab the front of the cart. And, I do. You know, it's not like, oh, he's going to hit something because he's blind. It's just, that's just what you do. And so natural adjustments for sure. The next little small thing that changes or that you have to adjust to is kind of being somewhat of a navigator. Now we talk about driving and such, and we'll talk about uh, more about that later. But this is kind of what I'm thinking of like, okay, let's say you're riding in a car, whether whether you're driving or not, and you're going along and somebody says, okay, hey, look for a, you know, this kind of restaurant on the right, or look for this building on the right. And you, as the person who can see, you're, it's up to you. You're going to have to be the one to figure it out because your VIP sitting over there going, "Mm, I don't know. I got nothing. nothing." So, I mean, can you think of times when, you know, maybe you're driving or whatever that this comes up? So the one that is still in my mind and every time we pass this locksmith shop, I think of it every time. I don't know if you remember this, but right after we moved, um, we were, we needed a key made. And so a friend had said, okay, go to this locksmith shop down the road. It's on, um, on the right, just past this restaurant. I can't even remember which one it is. So we were like, okay, well, I guess we didn't see the restaurant. We drove up and down the street for at least four times and finally found it. And sure enough, it was right past that restaurant, but we missed the restaurant and we missed the sign for the locksmith shop. I don't know what it was, but I was so frustrated because you couldn't help me find it. Like you having another set of eyes is just so advantageous sometimes, especially when you're looking for something that's one, we had just moved. So it was, we weren't used to the area. Mm -hmm. And then two, it was something we had never been to or seen before. And, you know, like everything was new. So we were taking in all of the new businesses and streets and things like that. And we drove up and down the street four times and it was ridiculous how close it was and how easy it is to find and every time i pass that shop now i think yep there it is uh, no i don't remember that actually <laughs> it's it's funny you know it's like we missed it four times technically we didn't miss it i was I, I wasn't looking for it <laughs> but yeah and that's the thing when you're driving especially you're having to pay attention to the road and look for these things and not run into the back of the car in front of you and and the kids and you know you got all these other things let alone having to find something on the side of the road right and so being that navigator it's it's always difficult because you're having to find the place you're going you're having to make sure you get there. You're having to make sure you all the tra- all that stuff, you know, becomes a bit of probably an annoyance because it's like if you could just see this, this would be so super helpful <laughs> right now. I mean, it's not something where you're, you know, it's 
it creates, I, I think it does create annoyance. I'm not saying you're angry at me all the time or anything, but it's like, this would be really helpful if you could just yes. look out the window and see. And, yes. and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. I think sighted supporters, and we've talked about this before, they feel like, well, I shouldn't feel that way because my spouse is blind or my kid is blind. or what. It's like, no, it's annoying. It would be really And helpful. I do. Like, I get frustrated because you can't help me find a specific, you know, thing, whether it's something in the house or a location or whatever. And then I feel guilty because I feel that way. And then I just let it roll off my back. I'm like, you know what? We found it. It all worked out. It's not a big deal. Move on. That's right. And I think that's just something we, you you know, you really have to face and say, sometimes it's annoying and it's aggravating and it's, and it is, I mean, sight loss is that way. You know, when you're, I'm, I get annoyed and aggravated. And so there's no reason, uh, you know, sighted supporters shouldn't feel the same. I'm not suggesting you need to take it out on your visually impaired person. Like I hate you. And I want to, you know, don't say things like that, but it's okay to express like, this is super annoying right now. Yeah. So, and that's just one of those times when it can be, annoying. Next up on our list is something that we battle a lot of times is slowing down your walking speed. Uh, I know this isn't something everybody hits, but for us, uh, my wife walks faster than I do. I think you probably would walk faster than me, even if I was sighted. But I know a lot of times you'll be walking and all of a sudden it's like 90 miles an hour. And I'm like, whoa, 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 because and here's the reason, at least from my vantage point, uh, visually impaired people tend to walk a little slower. Now, that's not always and that's not a rule or anything like that. But a lot of times I find the reason we walk slower is because if we are going to run into something or fall down, I'd rather do it slower. It's kind of like if you're going to hit something with your car, I'd rather do it at 50 miles an hour than 50. And so it's like, I want to be prepared for the step down or step up or, you know, something like that. And so we'll slow down, but it can be annoying when you're like, let's go, we got to go. And I'm two feet behind you. Uh, This happens quite a bit, right? It does. Um, and, and most of the time it's not a big deal. Now, I think I've said before, I'm not sure I like to walk with you. And so then you tend to be a few steps behind me in the first place. So I try to slow down sometimes to be with you, but then you slow down so you can be behind me (laughs) and then we're just going like a snail's pace. So I do walk quickly. Um, I think it's, um, a force of habit for me just with my job and, Um, Really, with my personality as well, I'm a quick walker no matter where I am. Um, And, you know, you get into places where you're in a crowd and, you know, think of like a festival or an an amusement park or theme park. And, you know, you're trying to navigate through all these crowds and that makes it more difficult in and of itself. But then you also are trying to walk quickly to get where you need to go. And then you look back and, you know, Derek's back behind three or four people that aren't with us and I'm like hold on let's wait for dad so you know the kids have even adapted to trying not trying to walk slower but just always making sure that that Derek is aware of like the steps and um, you know curbs and different you know whatever might be in the walk area. Yeah, I can remember, I know last time you were on the show, we talked about uh, being at Disney and traveling and so forth. And that's one of the things that comes up when we're walking. Now, it's easier without the kids, I think. But when we're walking, I do tend to walk a couple of steps back. I think it's probably because if you run into something, at least I won't, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But I have no excuse to run into something. True. It's it's just this idea of like, okay, trying to be prepared. And it's kind of like if, if something was coming towards you, 
you, you would like lean away from it. Right. And I think being visually impaired, you're always kind of leaning back like, uh, just in case, I don't want to run into this. But when you're in a crowd, like we talked about being at Disney, when you're in that situation, it's hard because, you, you know, you got to get to some place or you're trying to walk across the park or wherever. And you can't walk at a snail's pace. You got to pick up the pace. And some of that from the visually impaired vantage point is you got to really trust the person you're with. And you got to say, okay, they, they're they thinking about me and they're not going to run me into something. And then on the other side of that, I think you as a sighted supporter have to then consciously think this person doesn't know what's getting ready to come up. So I've right. got to be, you know, I've got to be on cue. I got to let them know if there's a step or whatever. And that's just a lot of mental energy for you as well. I it's mean, just extra thinking. Yes, it's it's just knowing what to make you aware of. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just one of those things that, again, I don't think we naturally uh, or excuse me, I think we naturally just flow into it. And I think it's just part of your, you know, you know, thinking right now. You know, with that. Yes, I think we naturally kind of figure it out. But there have been plenty of times when I've ran you into things as well. I mean, I've ran you into columns. I know at Staples one time you ran into a, a column <laughs> and then, you know, at, um, oh, like Target and Walmart, they have the um those yellow or blue, I don't know what color they are, um, concrete mm. things in front of the entrance and exit doors. Mm-hmm. I've ran you into those a couple of times too. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a matter of remembering at the same time because there's 15,000 things going on in my brain mm-hmm. t- at times. And that is just the thing that slips every once in a while. So, well, I wouldn't say you've done that lately. No. Like, <laughs> I no. remember, I remember when I first lost my sight, <laughs> we were going into a Walmart and smack dev into the trash can like it was like <laughs> boo this was months i think yeah you know, after i lost my sight and i think i said something like you're a horrible guide dog like this is awful but it was just one of those things where you weren't actively thinking about it you right. know because we were not into that rhythm so i would say nine times out of ten now you're it's just subconscious and it just happens but yeah there are definitely those moments where it's like um Sorry, sorry. <laughs> to the, I remember at Disney, the kids, it became this game of just going, pole, you know, yelling it out <laughs> because, you know, they're ready to go. But yeah, you definitely have to adjust your walking speed. And as we said here, on top of that, you have to be conscious of not only how fast you're walking, but where you're walking and what's coming up as well. Yeah. Next up on our list of adjustments decided supporters have to make is this idea of being what I'm calling a description artist. And so basically it's whether you're watching TV, movies, you see an image or something outside. It's this you have to learn how to describe things to your visually impaired person and not only how to, but, you know, at the rate, at the how fast it should occur and things like that. Now, obviously, audio description on TV and movies have helped, but it's just a natural occurrence when you have to do that. So what is it like for you to kind of have to be like, I got to describe all this stuff to you? I think it depends on the situation. I think, you know, like you said, with audio description becoming what it is, it makes things so much easier with movies and even TV shows. Um, But I remember, of course, when you first lost your sight and going to the movies, I didn't even think about it to begin with. And then he would lean over and say, what's happening? And I'm like, oh, crap. I didn't even think about telling oh, you what's happening. Oh no! So, you know, it, it again was something that we had to kind of adjust to. And I think it's hard personally to be able to tell you what's going on and still take in the movie at the same time, because, mm-hmm. you know, audio description has figured it out to where, you know, when there's no dialogue going on, it describes what's going on. But 
that wasn't a thought in my mind. Like I would always try to tell you what was going on as it was happening. And then you miss the dialogue or you miss, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't know, just small things within the movie that add to the storyline as well. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know that, you know, like you said, audio description, they're writing a script for it and it's a whole thing. Exactly. But yeah. when you're trying to figure it out, especially when you don't know, you know, how, how does this person see, you know, if this person's newly visually impaired, how much can they see? How much do they need me to tell them? That's a good time for the visually impaired person just to be like, let me ask you some questions or here's what I could just to describe it, you know, and say, here's, here's the best way to help. Um, whether it's a television, or movie television show or movie um you know i think going to museums sometimes can be a, a little bit challenging because it's like okay here's a picture there's a duck on a thing mm-hmm. like, you know or here's this statue it looks it, sometimes it's just like that's eh, good enough you know <laughs> you, um a couple summers ago we went to a civil war museum mm-hmm. and derek is a big um I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd say big history guy, but he really like enjoys Civil, the I like, Civil War. I like the Civil yes. War. Yes. So um, we went to this museum, and I knew that that was the case. I knew that he really enjoys the Civil War, so I wanted to be very clear about things that were going on. But I found it very difficult as well to be able to describe these um, pictures and you know the um, exhibits without reading everything mm-hmm. that came with every exhibit, and. I mean, I'm okay with the Civil War, but it's not the most interesting thing to me. So then at the same time, I didn't really understand everything that was there. So trying to explain those type of things when you don't have a good understanding of it is difficult, too. Well, and I think we've talked about before how the visually impaired person has to sometimes... I don't want to use the phrase suck it up, but sometimes you just have to do something that's maybe not as much fun for you if it is enjoyable for the sighted supporter. I mean, that's something we've talked about. But on the same sort of wavelength here, sometimes you just got to say, okay, well, my vision impaired person likes, you know, in this case, I like the Civil War. So we're going to go and you're going to maybe do your best or go above and beyond as much as you can to help describe those things so that I can enjoy that as much as possible. And again, it's give and take. It's whether it's relationships like in marriage or parent and child or whatever, it's give and take. At the end of the day, you just do your best, really. I mean, you just have to do your best and describe it the best way you can and know that it's going to get very tiresome at at some points. Like, it's just going to get annoying. It's just like... I don't I don't want to describe this movie, you know, all the way through it. So if you can find movies and TV shows with audio description, it really saves it. Although I will say every once in a while you will tell me something and then the audio description tells me, yeah. you know, she's like, I got well, it. <laughs> now with the audio description being there, I forget about the audio description and I tell you about the movie anyway. Right. And then I'm like, oh, right. I forgot. <laughs> so, you know, it's just like, okay, I've gotten into the habit of talking about it or telling you about it. And now I don't have to anymore. So it's kind of adjusting to figure out when you can and when you can't. Which d- just goes to show you that you do get into habit. You yeah. know, it does become a habit. It becomes and, something that you do on a normal basis. And there's other things like, um, you know, we're driving down the road and the sun is setting and it's just a gorgeous sunset. And I try to describe it to you and I don't do a great job in describing those type of things. So t- at times he'll get his phone out and take a picture of the sunset and he'll zoom in on it mm-hmm. so that he can see it a little bit better. Um, so, you know, that kind of example, I can try to explain it the best I can, but then when you can see it yourself, obviously it just gives you, it's much more impactful. Well, and like I said, that those are the times you just do your best, you know, and you just say, this is as good as I can give you. And sometimes there's just not words to quote, describe things, you know, like the beauty of a sunset. It's like, 
this is all I got, you know, and, and it's pretty and it's yellow or whatever. <laughs> so you just kind of do your best, whether it's TV, museums, outdoors, whatever it is, you as a sighted supporter, do your best, ask the person in your life, uh, you know, what would be most helpful? Because I would guess for me anyway, and this is again, not a hard and fast rule, but I would guess that it's, they're not going to require as much as you think. You know, they're not going to say like, I need every detail. I need every single thing, whatever it is, you know, like I'm going to need it all, but they're probably going to be like, oh yeah, it's, it's fine. You don't have to describe every fish in the aquarium or, you know, or whatever. Uh, so just do your best and know that your um, description artistry is going to get better and much more natural as you go along. Next up on the list is taking people and getting things around appointments. This could be doctors and dentists and, you know, different things like that. Uh, for example, our kids just had dentist appointments and you had to make sure to be off work so you could take them to the appointments. So whether it's doctors, dentists, whatever the case may be, you had to make sure that they would get there and you had to physically drive them. Right. Um, I think that in this case, some people would maybe argue and say, oh, no, you can do it. You could ride the bus. You could Uber. You could do these things. Yes. Yes. You could do those things. I don't want to make it sound like, you know, we're totally helpless and we can't do those things. If she was unable to be here, we would figure it out. And we do that on a regular basis. But again, we talked uh, before about being the default. You know, it's like, okay, they got doctor's appointments and you just do your best to be off on that day. Right. And luckily I have that luxury to be off, um, you know, days throughout the week to take the kids to appointments, to take you to and from, you know, places you need to go and things like that. Um, Because a lot of people out there don't have that luxury. They work every day of the week. They work weekends. They work holidays and all of that. And it's very difficult to be able to get to and from, you know, your kid's doctor appointment, even if it's just a well visit appointment that they're just getting a normal checkup. You know, it's nice for me that I do have the ability to be off during the week so that I can, you know, make my schedule around those appointments and things. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think uh, we have one more thing on the list. I think I'll just include it here. The last thing, of course, is the overarching one. It's being the designated driver. Whether you're the spouse, the parent, um, even if you're a, a teenager, a lot of times you're like, can you take me somewhere? Um, you know, the thing about it is you end up just being the designated driver everywhere. Mm-hmm. Whether it's taking the kids to an event, taking me somewhere, you just, you end up driving. Or and, just even to get like we talked about earlier, just to get groceries. Like it's not an option for me to be able to send Derek to the grocery store to get these five things on the list. It has to be me that goes to the grocery store and gets, you know, whatever, or, um, you know, does all the Christmas shopping or does all, um, you know, last week, um, my son needed pants for school. (laughs) I went to seven different stores trying to find (laughs) pants for school and they wear uniforms. So, they have to be certain, you know, specifications and whatnot. And the place I normally get them had one pair and the child has grown probably three inches and needed more than just one pair of pants. So, you know, I couldn't say, hey, you go to these stores and I'll go to those stores. Mm -hmm. It was me going, you know, everywhere that I could try to find a pair of pants. (laughs) 
<laughs> now, you might be listening to this and, and you have been visually impaired for quite some time and you say, well, I go to the grocery store or, you know, I take an Uber or the bus and I go pick up things or I go to the whatever. You might be saying that and that's great and that's awesome, but we're not suggesting that visually impaired people can't go to the store. What we're trying to say is that when you're going through transition and adjustment, uh, what's going to end up happening a lot of times is your sighted supporter just takes the default and does all of these things and you will find out what works best for your family and you'll end up doing that and that's okay but i want to make it clear that you know this podcast is is geared a lot of times towards people who are going through that transition of sight loss and so if you've been visually impaired for a long time and you go to the grocery store or whatever and you're like we go to the grocery store it's perfectly okay and and kudos to you Uh, but if you're struggling with that if you're like oh this is what happens and you're the sighted supporter especially just kind of be prepared for those kinds of adjustments so we've talked a lot about these different small little things maybe some of them seem small maybe some of them are bigger depending on your situation but overall i think the real uh the reality here is that your life changes after somebody in your life loses sight i mean your 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 life changes and from big to small whether it's small adjustments you have to make like pushing the shopping cart or slowing down your walking pace or if it's bigger changes like uh, emotional changes and and mental stress and all that sort of thing your life's going to change there's nothing necessarily wrong with change in general it's just very very difficult so i mean as we've talked about these little changes and we've brought them up do you view them on a regular daily basis or as we look at these it's obviously like yeah definitely or is it just kind of like yeah we that's just the stuff we do now because you're visually impaired yeah i don't think of it on a daily basis it's just what we do because of a visual impairment um and because you have been visually impaired for longer it's just our way of life now it's it's a natural everyday occurrence for us yeah, so I think that's the important message here is that if you're newly visually impaired, if you're newly a sighted supporter, then it does get better. You know, Absolutely. it gets it gets easier, it gets more natural, it just becomes part of your life because it is part of your life. I mean, we talk a lot about how we want to, I wish we could get our sight back or whatever. It's like, what we're saying is, I wish I could go back to the way it was. And unless there's a miracle or medical breakthrough, it's not going to be the quote way it was. It's, this is your new normal, as some people have said. Right. And this is just part of your life. And so whether it's driving all the time or, you know, pushing the shopping cart or whatever, this is just part of your life. And that's okay. You know, it, it's it's a little bit challenging. You got to find the adjustment. You got to find what works best. But when you find it and get into that rhythm, it just becomes part of life. And there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. All right, dear. So we've talked a lot about all this good stuff today. Any final thoughts for the sighted supporters listening to today's episode? Hang in there. Everything will, like Derek said, it will become natural. It will become your normal daily living. And change is hard. But it is good in the end. Absolutely. So my wife uh, says it true. Hang in there. It does get easier as you go along. Not to say you won't have rough uh, spots here along the way, but it does get easier. And the adjustments that you make, the ones we talked about today and others, you know, you're going to have them, but they just become part of your life. So, honey, thanks for being here today and talking about this stuff. My pleasure. (laughs) 
And there you go, guys. A wonderful conversation with my wife about those things. Hey, if you are a sighted supporter or a visually impaired person who has a sighted supporter, which uh, if you're listening to this, you most likely are, then I'd love to hear from you about all the things we talked about today. Do you resonate with some of those things? The shopping cart pushing, the slowing down your walking, the sitting in the sun. Do you resonate with those things? I'd love to hear from you guys. Maybe you have comments, questions, whatever. Send them my way. First of all, you can email me, Derek, D-E-R-E-K, at lifeaftersightloss.com, or you can tweet me at the Derek Daniel. And maybe you have a question or comment from my wife. If so, pass that along, and I will send it over to her so that she can answer your questions as well. But if you do want to get in touch with me, Derek at lifeaftersightloss.com, or tweet me at the Derek Daniel. Hey, don't forget, if you haven't gotten the chance to subscribe to the podcast, I'd love for you to do that. Hop on over to the show notes, lifeaftersightloss.com slash 036, and there are buttons right under the player there where you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and on your Android phone as well. So make sure to hop on over to the show notes and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're feeling generous and you enjoyed what you heard today, I'd love for you to offer a rating and review on iTunes to let other people know what you think about the podcast. And that way, when they find the show, they're like, wow, this is great. And I definitely want to check this out. So hop on over to iTunes and leave that rating and review. And finally, guys, don't forget to find me on Facebook and Twitter. I am on Instagram, although I haven't posted anything for quite some time. I'd like to get back into that, so who knows? Maybe I will someday in the future. But until then, make sure to find me on Facebook and Twitter. Follow me on social media so you can stay up to date with all the latest information coming out from lifeaftersightloss.com. Well, that's going to wrap it up for me this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget that all the information provided on this podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only. If you're in need of professional, medical, or legal advice, please seek out a specialist in your area. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. And until next time, remember that sight loss isn't the end. It's just the beginning. On behalf of my beautiful wife, April, my name is Derek Daniel from lifeaftersightloss.com. And I'll see you in the next one.